don't have enough time to sit down and read all the best Bitcoin articles? Well, let us read them for you. This is a Crypto Economy Quick Read. What is up, crew? We are back in action with the Crypto Economy Podcast. Sorry for uh, not having any episodes for the week. Uh, if you were following me on Twitter, you saw uh, that I have been at the Bitcoin 2019 conference uh, hosted by the uh, Bitcoin Magazine crew and BTC Media. And it was an absolute blast, but I was scrambling. Uh, actually, the uh, if you listen to this uh, recent Citizen Bitcoin uh, episode, uh, I think I made the decision to actually go while I was on that show, or I think it was I think it was a little bit before that because we talked about it on the show. Um, and I was scrambling to get everything together on Sunday, so I really only had time to to throw out Monday's episode. And then I was I was within an hour of that I was on a plane and heading uh, to San Francisco. So. And I didn't, unfortunately, have uh, quite the setup I needed to publish on the go. And, of course, I was busy uh, hanging out with a bunch of Bitcoiners and getting drunk. So it made for a very difficult publishing at Atmosphere. But with that, we are back. Uh, I just want to say I had an absolute massive amount of fun. Uh, It was so awesome meeting uh, so many of you guys, I can't believe how many Bitcoiners I got to hang out with and people who listened to the show uh, that came up and I got to talk with for a little while. And there were a couple of people that we tried to actually organize and meet up and chat for a little bit and did not get to. And I'm really sorry I didn't get to a number of people I know that I was speaking with and trying to coordinate uh, a uh, meet up with, but I hopefully... I'm probably I had so much fun at this one. I'm probably going to have a really hard time saying no to future conferences at this point. So we might get another opportunity and I'll try to uh give a little bit better heads up and uh on the next conferences that we hit. So uh again, it was awesome meeting you guys. I had an absolute blast and I also managed to get a couple of interviews uh while I was out that I'll be releasing on the show in the next week or two. Uh, I don't want to just drop a whole bunch of interviews back to back, but we've got a uh, had so much fun with Alex Fetsky. Um, it was awesome meeting Alex. He's absolutely hilarious. And uh, uh, we had a really good interview with him, Citizen Bitcoin, and Tommy, uh, or Brady and Tommy from Citizen Bitcoin. Uh, so uh, that one will probably be dropping, I don't know, I might drop that on Monday. So uh, it might be just around the weekend. Um, bunch of fun stuff to cover, so don't miss that. Be sure you subscribe to the show and follow me, Guy Swan. I'm at the Crypto Economy on Twitter because we're gonna have a lot of fun stuff and some follow-ups to do. I haven't, I still haven't finished. I got my issue of the 10-year anniversary Bitcoin magazine uh, that they uh, dropped with this conference, and I haven't read through all of it yet, but it's amazing. And I've been talking, I got to sit down and chat with a number of people that I'm going to have on the show sometime soon. Really just so much stuff to hit and uh, so many people to follow up with. I got ended up getting a ton of contact info from people and meeting so many people that were just nothing but Twitter handles to me uh, until, until this conference. So it's going to be fun. Uh, I think we've got a lot of really cool stuff going forward. But today... 
I am going to, we're jumping back into this and I want to hit a read. Uh, this is actually another one from Beautyon. This was, uh, I was going to read Bitcoin is the sea of money, uh, talking about sea as the speed of light. Um, but uh, Beautyon actually, it's actually an excerpt from another article on Hacker Noon, uh, which, which is again by Beautyon. So I'm going to read the uh, slightly longer one. It's still only a seven-minute read, so you know it probably takes us like 12 minutes to get through this one. But it's a really good one, and uh, I think will be a kind of a fun follow-up from the Bitcoin 2019 conference because it's just talking about how Bitcoin is a monetary standard uh, and where, where fiat cannot be. And uh, it's, it's titled, A Man Warned is Half Saved. Again, this was uh, uh, by Beautyon, and it's published on the Hacker Noon Medium publication. Now, something cool about this article is it was published just before the last halving, and uh, it was, so it's July 9th, 2016. But uh, kind of what's great about it is that it applies now just as true as it did then because we're coming up on the next halving. Again, we're less than a year away. It's like 300 and some change days before the next halving. So uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into another great article by Beautyon. A man warned is half saved. Very shortly, there will be an important scheduled change in the way Bitcoin is generated. The rate at which new Bitcoin is created will have, and this is popularly referred to as the halving. At the time of this writing, 3,600 Bitcoin are generated every day. This will be slashed to 1,800 Bitcoin per day, and the rate will never, ever increase. Taking this into account and some basic economics, we should be able to make predictions about how the perception of Bitcoin may change. But since the perception of Bitcoin is almost entirely irrational, save for the thinking of a handful of very clever men, Link included, it is almost impossible to predict how people will react to the having. Bitcoin was designed to be released onto the market in a slow and predictable way. This was done to incentivize the securing of the network through its generation, as well as limit the supply of Bitcoin so that it could attain a nominal value and not flood the market. This plan has worked spectacularly well and is a further testament to Satoshi's correct understanding of economics, the Austrian school, and human behavior. From a plain utility perspective, nothing will change when the rate of Bitcoin creation halves. You will be able to transact with your Bitcoin normally and won't notice any difference at all. As for the effect on the price of Bitcoin, the price of Bitcoin doesn't matter if you're using it as a money transporter. You put $100 in Bitcoin in at one end, send it over the network to your recipient, and she can either redeem $100 or spend that same value on Amazon via a service like purse.io or anywhere that accepts Bitcoin. Bitcoin's price is irrelevant to the user if a company's business model adapts to Bitcoin's true nature. It is also important to bear in mind that the finite nature of Bitcoin doesn't impede its long-term low-level flexibility. 
Improvements can be made to the protocol, increasing capacity, guaranteeing anonymity, and ensuring its distributed nature, all without touching the central benefit of Bitcoin, its guaranteed limited money supply. Furthermore, the amount of money that can, quote, fit into Bitcoin before and after the halving will not change. The amount of fiat currency that can fit into Bitcoin is infinite. Bitcoin can absorb all the money that currently exists in the world, and yes, that would be a good thing. Bitcoin History Bunk Each Bitcoin has a history attached to it. You can explore where a Bitcoin has been using one of the many Bitcoin Explorer tools, one of the best being OXT's Graphalizer application. And here he's got a graphic, uh, a screenshot from OXT.me and the uh, Graphalizer from uh, a certain set, a certain sequence of Bitcoin transactions, uh, which if you have not checked that out, uh, it's really neat and I encourage you to do so. Uh, obviously, you can get the link just by going to this actual article, which I will link to, and clicking on it after you'll see the very first graphic um, as you scroll down and the link is right above it. Because Bitcoin is not anonymous or well understood, there is a false idea that Bitcoin can be tainted by circulation. This is why some businesses with Bitcoin surveillance tools close the accounts of users that receive Bitcoin from what they wrongly consider to be tainted addresses. Fresh Bitcoin is Bitcoin that has just been mined and which has never been spent. It has no transaction history and nothing can be assumed about it other than that it's spendable. It is clean Bitcoin, to their thinking, in this incorrect mental picture of Bitcoin. Obviously, the idea that there is clean Bitcoin and dirty Bitcoin is completely absurd. Bitcoin is data, and everything people think about it is imputed. There isn't a strong market for, quote, fresh Bitcoin yet, so that should not be a factor at all in the halving. If it were, we would expect the price of fresh Bitcoin to at least double. There probably won't be a market for fresh Bitcoin in the future when Bitcoin is more anonymous, which is the only perceived advantage of fresh or history-less Bitcoin. Perception changes, however, could cause the price of Bitcoin to spike. The halving of Bitcoin's generation rate is likely to cause an increase in speculation. Anyone using Bitcoin as a speculative investment will be interested in the halving. Simple supply and demand says so. Or maybe not. Bitcoin exchanges are not rational yet. It is reasonable to speculate that logically, this event and the others that will follow will increase the price and perception of Bitcoin's structural stability. People may start to understand that this halving is one of several to come, and now is the time to get into Bitcoin before subsequent reductions in production kick in on schedule and the price spikes again. It all depends on how you choose to use and view Bitcoin. One thing we can say for sure, Bitcoin is an exceptionally stable system that is absolutely immutable. It is slowly beginning to dawn on people that you can rely on Bitcoin to exhibit a fixed set of characteristics that cannot be changed by public opinion, a handful of men with a particular use case, or the desires of anyone who chooses to use it for any purpose. Bitcoin, the sea of money.
The need for immutable international standards has been understood for centuries. It is impossible to perform trades for goods if everyone is using a different standard for weights and measures. This is why the definition of the meter was very carefully specified in 1875 in the Treaty of the Meter at the International Bureau of Weights and Measures in Sevres, France. 30 prototype standard lengths made of platinum iridium alloy in an X profile were manufactured to exacting standards and distributed to different countries. By doing this, every country was, quote, on the same page when it came to the definition of the word meter. Today, the meter is defined as the distance traveled by light in one 299 million 792,458th of a second. Bitcoin is like the length of a meter, a global standard that is securely set in the same way that one of the fundamental forces of nature is unchangeable, the speed of light, or C. You can use the definition of a meter for any purpose. You can use it to produce rulers of wood or steel or use it to create rulers made of light. The purpose of a meter is to act as a point of reference, a standard that cannot change. Bitcoin is the same. It is not there to piggyback your political views or be an aid for your flawed business model, any more than the meter is there to aid cartographers over carpenters. You must deal with Bitcoin on its terms in the same way that you deal with measurement standards and mathematical constants. Once people begin to understand what the idea and impact of a global, math-based, non-governmental standardized monetary unit means, and the fact that you can transact with something that acts as a fundamental force of nature, the entire idea of what money is will change forever. This has profound implications for every economic process and every person on Earth. There are only 5,286,750 Bitcoin left to be issued by the network. Compared to the value of all the goods and services on Earth, this is a small number, taking into account that each Bitcoin can be split into a million pieces. Clearly, Bitcoin is one of the most undervalued systems, services, databases, assets, networks, or tokens, depending on your application, currently available to man. And even if an ultimate total utilization is never realized, the truth of what Bitcoin is cannot change because it is based on maths and not people's opinions. Even if Bitcoin absorbs 10% of all global commerce, it will be spectacularly useful and valuable. Above all other considerations, this is the fundamental breakthrough. Bitcoin is an opinionless, irresistible standard system based only on maths. It is globally available as an infallible means of exchange and accounting without any new functionality being required. It belongs to no single country, is incorruptible, unstoppable, and completely eliminates payer fraud. The halving and the others that will follow as the Bitcoin generation curve tops out are key points where this should be iterated as a warning to those who still refuse to accept the consequences of Bitcoin's existence and the truth of maths. 
Quote, A danger foreseen is half avoided, and a man warned is half saved. End quote. The danger is being left out of Bitcoin. All right, let's hit our sponsor real quick, and then we will jump into commentary from here and close out today's episode. Again, this was titled, A Man Warned is Half Saved, and I think this is going to spark some really fun discussion. I got some stuff to add, so let's hit our sponsor and come right back. I want you to think about something, uh, particularly if you haven't heard this argument before, but just take a second and think about the fact that there is nothing in this world that we can't make more of if we want it except for Bitcoin. If something is valuable enough, there is no substance, there's there's no land, water, gold, platinum, diamonds. Every single thing that we could want is scarce only to the degree that it costs to make it, except Bitcoin. There is no trick, there is no atomic or nuclear process, there's nothing we can do, no matter how much energy we expend, that will allow us to create more Bitcoin than is explicitly laid out in the algorithm and the supply schedule. Because it is based on the consensus of its rules, it is the scarcest money that is possible. What gold did in a natural sense, Bitcoin does in an, a mathematical sense. It does perfectly where gold did well. And like, like you can create more gold. The only reason that it doesn't happen is because it's multiples. Like it's like, you know, maybe 5x, 10x is expensive to, uh, I, I don't know the actual multiple, I'm just guessing there, um, more expensive to uh, produce the energy necessary in order to turn something like mercury or lead or... Um, What's uh, uh, there's there's another one that they have turned into gold in the past. Um, it's bismuth. Bismuth uh, they've turned into gold before. Um, that you can actually do that because those are heavier elements than gold. You can essentially irradiate them and uh, get yourself an isotope of gold, which is in a sense puts a a strong cap on the price of what gold could ever be. If gold's price ever increased beyond that amount, well, then the the uh, the ability to have, like the fact that that technology exists means that suddenly you have a profitable way of just producing gold out of nothing, out of just buying lead and uh, irradiating it down to other elements. And you can do the same thing with platinum. Platinum's just like, uh, what is it, two doors down on the periodic table of elements. Um so, like, you can recreate these things. Like, we have the technology to do that. There is no technology to do that with Bitcoin. And it doesn't matter. Think about it. We also, at the same time that uh, we're talking about a cap on the price of gold, we're also talking about the efficiency of the energy needed to produce it. So energy is becoming an information technology. We're seeing the expansion and lowering of the cost of energy to almost a Moore's Law style uh, trajectory uh, into the future because it's, it's just becoming so abundant. It may very well get to the point in the not-too-distant future with the way these exponential trends grow that we can actually, the amount of energy needed to produce gold actually becomes less than the price of gold. 
gold may actually lose its universal properties of sound money because we as humans are our ingenuity is so great that we can like combine all of our efforts into producing energy more and more efficiently when we when we are able to do that when nuclear energy becomes uh, more ubiquitous when energy becomes cheaper and cheaper and more of just a normal constant in uh, human civilization and we get more minds on the task gold may actually be overpriced because it no longer has that premium of sound money if it if its price is greater than its cost of production it must fall until supply meets demand gold will lose its characteristics as physically protected from inflation like it's bitcoin won't bitcoin won't no matter how much more energy we throw at it it just becomes more secure rather than less our innovations in energy and greater efficiency does nothing to produce more bitcoin at a higher rate the difficulty adjust to the computational power that we tackle to uh, the network the um, we drop back to 10 10 minute blocks just as we always did and even if we throw half of the world's energy uh, reserves at the task of accomplishing or, or the task of mining new bitcoin it does nothing to alter the rules the consensus rules of bitcoin all it does is make the ledger itself more secure from tampering and make its inflation schedule more secure from being cheated um, it, it does it does the exact opposite as we have these advances as where big where gold and other like stable elements quote unquote are made uh less scarce or less secure bitcoin is made more and one of the fascinating elements about a standard that is so unshakable that it begins to reveal things it begins to reveal economic and human truths that uh that its price can show that a manipulated asset or an unstable asset cannot reveal to us so something like fiat obscures away the actual economic activity and the actual perception and um attempt at finding a uh a real value like like people talk about all the time that you know bitcoin's volatility is a terrible thing it's like no what bitcoin's volatility shows is a truth of economic valuation that is simply being hidden by the manipulation of fiat or the dollar or whatever asset that we're comparing it to it's simply it's still there that truth is still there that uh whatever that economic or price structure reality is is simply being hidden away in layers of obscurity a great example is um like because the monetary standard of bitcoin will not shift to the political or uh, economic winds we actually get to shift we we get to see the shift of the human understanding and perception and measuring of its value instead of the adjustment on the the reverse side so with a political system this truth is just hidden from us because the monetary like the 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 characteristics of the monetary system are actually modified arbitrarily to either cover it up or smooth it out but it doesn't it doesn't make these truths it doesn't make these untrue it simply makes it difficult to account for them because you can't directly see them anymore they get hidden away in the uh prices of other assets or um uh, other goods and uh markets within the economy
basically what we start to observe in the uh, the consequences of the monetary policy become a they begin to only reveal to us the arbitrary opinions of the political class rather than anything true or substantial about the actual economy, the actual productivity of um, of the market that is being manipulated, uh, and the, the true perception of value or pricing within that system. So political monetary policy is designed to hide risk, to cover it up behind the prices of other goods. And what, this hap- what happens here is that the, this risk accumulates and gets worse over time. It doesn't go away. Bitcoin brings it front and center. The political money covers it up behind a bunch of other crap and doesn't make that risk go away. It simply makes it difficult to account for. So, for example, like take, take the prices of a bunch of goods that like are clear and obvious have massive problems in the market, huge imbalances. Like take the uh, uh, look at being able like to watch the price of healthcare just skyrocket. I mean, the the prices of just basic healthcare stuff is so expensive now that you start laughing before you cry. It's it's so ridiculous. The debt levels are debt levels in this economy are as parabolic as the price of Bitcoin is. The price of education is skyrocketing across the board. People are paying hundreds of dollars for the next edition of the same book that's reorganized in chapters. Kids, kids are being pushed into this system who have no idea how much the the sheer insane cost of like $100,000 in debt is for like planning out the rest of your life at a time when they don't understand debt, they don't understand what it means to produce for themselves and they don't understand the value of money, they are being literally blindfolded and and strapped. They're being handcuffed to this debt. They don't even realize the value of that education is collapsing. And they don't realize until a couple of years after they get out and they're working a crap job that they could have gotten straight out of high school. They're, they're waiters because they've got a you know, a communications degree or something. They've got no job that they couldn't get otherwise. And they're paying into this giant system that has sucked value out of their life. And now they're trying to readjust and figure out what is actually happening in the world. Like I felt so stupid after getting out of school and realizing that the value of college education is gone as soon as you're actually in the economy. It's, it's a, I was led to believe that getting a job and being productive in the economy was was something that was already 40 years outdated and the education system just hasn't caught up it's just been inflated and inflated and it's getting worse not better the price of housing is enormously inflated the their financial assets there are stocks of companies that are not profitable that continue to increase in value what does that mean there are bonds that you hold money in, and it will, it will take its value. There are negative interest rates in government bonds. 
That is utterly insane. That is the risk. That's what's happening with the manipulation of the monetary policy. That risk of Bitcoin's volatility is no different in that system. It's just being hidden under layers and layers of tens of trillions of dollars of imbalances that are being pushed under the rug until the, the beast gets so big that it starts to break off the roof of our house. Bitcoin as a concrete, immovable monetary standard does not create these imbalances or create this risk. It exposes it where it has been hard to see before. I think Bitcoin's incredible volatility is based in the fact that there has never been an escape valve for the unbelievable imbalance that government and fiat money has created. And because of that, the... It's like, it's like when you have a giant like, aquarium of water and there's this, you know, there's this wall right in the middle. And when you lift it up, all you get, the water just rushes to the other side and then it sloshes back and forth before it evens back out. There's a huge imbalance that needs to be corrected. And because of that, it flows into Bitcoin like a black hole. And it comes in these giant swings because the pressure is so great and the infrastructure, the liquidity, the technology itself can only handle so much value transfer at any one time. And same in like the whole idea of a human perception of its value. It can only move. It moves in waves like that's just how human that's human nature. And we're seeing that we're, we're watching that expression of it. And I think it is so exaggerated again, because uh, we've been buried under all this debt, all this imbalance, and all this risk that we have never been able to, we've never been able to truly see. The market has never been able to work it out. It did not have an escape valve big enough or uh, transparent enough in the digital world. The technology just didn't exist. Gold couldn't do it. Gold is susceptible to the exact same problems as fiat because you always have to rely on some third party or someone else to hold it for you. So even its quote-unquote physical or universal characteristics that limit its supply and inflation, um, it still can't house – it still doesn't work in the digital world because you're trusting someone else to enforce its – physical properties you don't have the i can't send you a gold i can't send you a gold bar over my internet connection i can send you a uh you know some representation of someone else's gold bar held somewhere like you know you get the idea like so um i think that's that's the nature of bitcoin's volatility is not bitcoin's volatility it is the volatility of the world and the pressure escaping from the imbalances of our crap monetary system that's flowing into bitcoin in this crazy series of of just huge waves um as the infrastructure and the perception like like people begin to understand and see the value and the difference between these two types of monetary and or economic systems um and because of that, you just it's just a matter of time. So, <clears throat> honestly, one of the best alternative pieces to read or, or listen to on the show um, that we've done that I think kind of hits uh, these lessons uh, really well from a couple of different angles um, It's actually lesson one 
of uh, Gigi, uh, Dergigi's uh, 21 Lessons of the Bitcoin Rabbit Hole about immutability and change that really hits the idea that uh, like kind of that, that ultimate lesson is that you won't change Bitcoin, but Bitcoin will change you. And in the monetary standard sense, you're talking about the fact that uh, or the reality that Bitcoin will not adjust to the perception of value or price. The price must adjust to the perception and understanding of its value. The, the supply is the standard, and that standard cannot be cheated. It cannot be changed. There is no one Satoshi anywhere that, cannot, that can exist outside of that explicit schedule, no matter how much energy we throw at it, no matter how many computers we put on the uh, network, and no matter how much some government or uh, some single institution wishes so bad that they could get an extra two Bitcoin that doesn't exist within the system. It will not confirm. It will not fit into the blockchain. They will not be part of the network. The consensus rules say Bitcoin is the most scarce asset in the world, and there's no changing that. And lesson one on immutability and change is a really great one as like a follow-up. If you guys haven't hit the Dergigi's 21 Lessons, I definitely recommend digging into that one because there's a lot of other stuff that applies really well to this one on abundance. The What lesson is it? There's like a, the scarcity of scarcity. Oh, that's lesson two. Okay, yeah. So, um, and they go into value, money, inflation, uh, so many different things. Uh, so that's definitely another one to hit. Um, also check out Beautyon's uh, page as well as Hacker Noon's page. Um, there's so much other stuff to cover up there. Hacker Noon is a great one for all things nerdy and about the crypto economy. Hacker Noon is always a great publication that I, uh, uh, I read uh, whenever I get an opportunity. And uh, of course, Beautyon has a number of uh, Hacker Noon posts and uh, just, a, just a bunch of great stuff uh, of his own. So definitely check all of those out. Um, and uh, Beautyon actually did, uh, runs the Bitcoin voucher thing, the Azteco, uh, Bitcoin for the masses. He's got an article kind of breaking that down. Um, and there's a donation page at the bottom of this article. So I will link to this article uh, so that you can check it out and drop some applause if you enjoyed this. Um, I definitely recommend it. And um, be sure to uh, check that out and follow Beauty on, on Twitter. I'll also have the uh, Twitter tag up there as usual. Um, so I guess we will close this episode out here. I just thought that was a really fun one, a good way to close out the week. We will be back in action in full force with the Crypto Economy podcast this coming week and so much fun stuff to cover. I've worked on an agreement and been talking with a number of different people about reading works that I've had sitting on the back burner for a really, really long time. And uh, I'm just really happy to get the opportunity to sit down with these people in person and talk to them at the Bitcoin 2019 conference. And a huge, huge thank you to Bitcoin Magazine for putting and BTC Media for putting that on. Uh, just what an awesome conference. I got to meet so many people that I have been wanting to meet and just I knew as their Twitter tag and it was just crazy to put a face uh, and like a real person behind so many people that I had just, you know, known cursory in, in, the, in, the, uh, in the Bitcoin space. So uh, just a huge thank you to all of them. I thank you to Beautyon for writing this piece and the many, many other ones uh, written that are just so good. I always love reading Beauty on stuff, and you should definitely check all of it out as well. 
And don't forget to subscribe to the show so you can get all of this awesome stuff continuously, uh, practically daily <laughs> with the Crypto Economy Podcast. I am Guy Swan, your host. Uh, and if you really like this show, if you feel you're getting value out of this, please share it out to everybody else uh, that you know in the Bitcoin and crypto economy space, everyone who wants to see a decentralized future and wants to understand this thing that has been created. There's so much value and there's so much just study here um, that like, it, it puts a new perspective on almost everything. And it's so fascinating and I feel like there's just this ocean of wonderful content that is written down. So I'm trying to make it available to everybody in audio to make it easy to consume and easier to understand. So share it out with everybody you know. It's a great way to support the show. Thank you so much for listening. I am Guy Swan, signing off. Until next time, take it easy, guys. Mm-hmm.